Hello and welcome to the Michelle and Amy show. Right now it's just Michelle and I actually recorded half of this episode and then realized something happened to the audio and I wasn't recording anymore. And when I recorded the first episode, I was saying, hey, this is going to be the quick and dirty answering to multiple questions. And now that I have to do this all over again, it's going to be even quicker and dirtier and Hopefully, this audio won't cut out on me. Um, so I am answering questions in Passive Income Planner Girl Facebook group. And um, the first one is from Diane. She's asking, how do, you, how do you connect to your intuition to know what to do next? Do you meditate, free write, etc.? I connect to my intuition. Well, there's multiple ways. But the way that I love to do this is when I sit down at my desk to work or to do something in my business, I do what I feel like doing first and foremost. I don't start my day answering email or messages or looking at my to-do list or trying to check something off just because I wrote it down and said I have to do it. I look at what do I feel like doing? What do I desire to do today? Even if it has nothing to do with my plans, even if it doesn't seem to connect to any project I'm working on at the moment, I just give myself permission to do what I feel like doing. And then afterwards, I'll notice, oh my goodness, that thing that I made is the perfect thing to be in my business right now. It's going to help me with this. It's such a pivotal piece for that. Like It ends up being the most perfect thing I could have created. And I don't know that going into it. I just know that, oh, I feel like doing this right now. And when I start my day like that, what, what I'm really doing is connecting to my intuition and acting on my ideas that it gives me right away. And that's the most powerful way to grow your intuition is to act on the ideas it sends you immediately. Most people beat their ideas to death. Most people are like, well, let me go ask 10 other people, their opinion, their feedback before I let myself do what I feel like doing. And that sends a message to your intuition that you don't trust your intuition. And when you don't trust your intuition and you repeatedly prove to your intuition that you don't trust it, it gets quieter and quieter and quieter. And pretty soon it's like you can't even hear your intuition at all. But if you are in the habit or the practice of getting an idea from your intuition and immediately acting on it without looking for feedback, without looking for opinions, without making a list of pros and cons, without judging it, without doubting yourself, without procrastinating, without second guessing, then your intuition, it's like it starts to have a better relationship with you because it, you trust it, you act on the ideas it gives you without question. So that is a very powerful way to access your intuition. Sezgi asks, how to delegate work? How to know what type of work should be delegated first? So the first time I delegated work was when I launched my Etsy store. I actually hired someone to turn a sketch I made of a printable. It was a weekly planner printable. And I remember sitting in a coffee shop and sketching out this printable that I would have lo would love to use for myself. I actually still have it. Maybe I'll share it in the group one day. And I sent that sketch to someone who I 
found online and had her turn it into a printable for me. And I actually did that with a couple of printables that I made in my store starting out. And that's a tip for anyone in this group that you don't have to do everything from scratch yourself. You do not have to wait until your business is super successful before you hire someone. So like if you have $50, $100 that you can use to, you know, have someone make something for you, do something for you, you need to see that as money that you are going to, like it's an investment. So like the $50 I spent for someone to take a very simple sketch that I made and turn it into a one page printable, that printable has um, definitely made more than $50 in return. So delegating it's not like a magic pill. It's not like, oh, I delegated this in my business. Now I can expect to make more money just because I delegated. It's kind of like an energetic thing. It's like you have to be open to the abundance of this step. Like you have to have, if you approach delegation from a place of, oh, I don't know, I don't want to spend my money, I'm going to waste it, what if this person rips me off? It's like, if there's a lot of that energy, then delegating, you're probably going to pull the plug before you get anywhere with it. But if you are like open and ready to move more into your zone of genius and delegate the things that are not the best use of your time, that's a really good energy. And I, right now I've hired, well, I've, I've delegated a lot more in my business to uh, Natasha, who's my project manager. And that was somewhat of a big step. Um, but it was one of the best steps I've ever made in my business because I'm able to have her do the things that are not my zone of genius. Like I can do it, but it costs me money to be distracted by the things that aren't the best use of my time. So like spending all my time in email or trying to figure out Facebook ads or um, admitting people into the Facebook group every single day. Those things seem simple and they seem like they don't take a lot of time, but they are not my, they're not where I make money. <laughs> like they're not, they're not like at admitting people into the Facebook group. is not going to make thousands of dollars. Answering people on in, in my email inbox is not going to make me thousands of dollars. Being in my zone of genius is going to make me thousands of dollars. So actually to try to do everything, you're losing money. Um, and so bringing in Natasha, delegating, it's always like, if I don't delegate, I am losing money. If I don't invest in help, I am losing money. And when you get to that point, you should definitely be delegating. But even before then, look for little ways that you can delegate, spend $50 for someone to make something a little bit better to set up your email or to connect this with that or whatever. It's like you need someone right in the beginning to be helping you do the things that would take you way too long to do. I was just listening to a podcast with Tanya Lee, who I, I always recommend people to go listen to Tanya Lee. Um, and she was talking about how in the very beginning of her business, um, she was, she focused on making a podcast every week and 
he didn't try to figure out WordPress. He didn't try to figure out how to put up a blog post or anything like that. He just had someone who he could say, okay, I recorded my podcast. Here it is. And that person would put it up on the blog. That person would make the graphic. That person would like do everything else. So we all, especially as women, I think we all need to have that person. We need to have someone who it's like, can you send out this email? Can you put up this blog post? Like we need that. And even if you have to use money from your job to pay for that person, that's a better way to build your business, I think, because we just can't make our business pay for everything right out of the gate. A traditional business, um, we're like we're very lucky in online business. It doesn't take that long to be profitable. But in a traditional business, it takes five to seven years just to, to make a profit because of all the expenses there are up front. But in online business, we can be very lean and mean, but we can't make that mean that we do everything ourselves in order to not spend any money. I think it's costing you money to not have someone helping you so that you can stay in your zone of genius right out of the gate. Um, Lisa is asking, I love everything you cover about not needing to knit down and doing your own thing. Not sure if I have questions, but I love to hear about it. I am a person who struggles with lots of ideas. So here is what I believe. I believe that especially in the beginning of your business, I don't think you really need to care about who is my knits? How do I knits down? Who is my ideal customer avatar? What am I an expert on? I think you should just focus on doing whatever you want to do, saying whatever you want to say, making whatever you want to make, because at the end of the day, your energy is going to be what attracts other people. People aren't going to be attracted to you based on you deciding, who do I want to attract? People are going to be attracted to you based on your energy. And we can, you know, we want to attract people to us with an energy that is real. We don't want to have an energy of this is who I'm trying to be because other people said I need to position myself this way and I am deep down scared to be who I really am because I need to work on my personal stuff and I'm going to distract myself from that by focusing on my audience instead of focusing on me. And it's like, it just creates a really dysfunctional relationship with yourself and with your audience to be so focused on your audience in the beginning of your business when really the beginning of your business I truly feel should be about you and how you're growing as a person as an entrepreneur like this journey is very you know it's there's a lot of inner work involved and if we're not careful, we distract ourselves from that inner work by prioritizing things that really shouldn't even be a priority. I think when you focus on how you are growing as a person, what do you even want to do with your life, your business, your, your, your body of work that you're creating, then what's going to happen is you're naturally going to attract an audience. You're naturally going to attract people who resonate with you for who you really are, not for who you are trying to be. And then you realize five after five years after you started your business that you've been only presenting half of yourself to, to, to the world. And then you want to completely 
tear it all to the ground and start over and be a real person. I think we should concentrate on being real people from the beginning. And I really want to come home or come back to, um, I'm just looking at my baby on the monitor, getting a little distracted. My husband's getting him. Um, Really come back to the fact that it's energy. It's not, okay, I'm going to start a business about XYZ and I'm going to attract this type of person and they're my customer avatar and I'm going to help them do XYZ. Yes, there is definitely truth to that, but it just reminds me of an experience I had going to an event hosted by someone I look up to and he was sharing how as a kid he um, was neglected as a child because his mom was always really sick and his dad had to take care of her and so because the mom was sick and the dad was focused on the mom he was never paid attention to as much as a child would need from their parents and he grew up feeling that he could heal his mom. He had this desire, this sense that he could heal her. And eventually he did heal her. He grew up, he built his business, he got his mom into this special, I guess, treatment place and she was able to heal the things that were going on with her and now she's amazing and healthy and vibrant and whatever. But because that was such a part of his story and it's related to like it's in, it's instilled in him as a traumatic experience it was traumatizing for him as a child to not have the attention of his parents that was his trauma experience and for a lot of us trauma is part of who we are it's part of how we respond and react and move in the world and whether you you know however you heal that or ignore that affects your energy. And so he he healed that within himself as much as he could up to whatever point because we're always working on, you know, our trauma. And he pointed out how you know, he has this business where he helps people with their trauma and he said that because he grew up focusing on how on his like he having this desire to heal his mother he attracts women in need of healing and he where I'm in this conference room in this hotel and I'm surrounded by all these people in this audience we're all listening to him and he said look around and I looked around the room was 99% women it wasn't marketed for women it wasn't this is an event for women who blah, blah, blah. It wasn't marketed for women. There's nothing like feminine about his branding. But the room was full of women who came to this conference. That's because his energy attracts women in need of healing. So it didn't matter if he wrote down and wrote, I want to help people, men and women, to blah, blah, blah. That didn't matter. What mattered was the energy, the energy that attracted people vibrating at that energy. So if you just focus on who you really are and what you want to do and, and focus on how are you helping yourself? How are you healing yourself? How are you becoming 
a better person? How are you growing as a person? Like we obsess over helping other people, but we can't help other people if we're not also, if we're not focused first and foremost on helping ourselves, because if we're not focusing on ourselves, we're just projecting our own garbage onto other people. And so uh, that was really enlightening because it was like, he just focused on his mission and he attracts who he attracts. And the people he attracts are women in need of healing because his trauma story is he wanted to heal his mother. And so that's why I think the whole focusing on your niche and focusing on your ideal avatar, you know, there's truth to that. Like, of course, at the end of the day, this man has a niche. His niche is woman in need of healing. But he didn't know that starting out. He just attracted that as a result of focusing on what he, on his mission. So I think the niche and the avatar and all that stuff is secondary. It's kind of like a byproduct of you just being who you really are and focusing on how you are healing and growing as a person first and foremost. Um, Lisa is also asking, when do you decide a venture isn't the right thing versus you need to give it more time? Um, so I think that my approach to business is I'm always doing things. I'm never, I'm never like trying to make one thing work period. It's like everything is always evolving, shifting, moving, growing. Um, and energy is never wasted. I truly believe that no matter what you make or do, your energy is never wasted as long as you keep moving. There's not a single thing that I've ever made where it's like, oh, well, that was a waste of time. I need to quit this now because it's just, you know, I should never have done it in the first place. Um, the only time I've ever felt like that about stuff was when I was doing it from a place of a place of not being in my truth. And whenever we do things from a place of not being in integrity with who we really are and our, our potential, then yes, something needs to change or something you need to let go of something and step into something. But at the same time, there's lessons learned, there's connections, there's, there's still stuff that you use from those experiences that you can apply to your true path, your, your real mission. So there's nothing that ever felt like, oh, I need to, um, this isn't the right thing. It's always just new, 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 like evolution, like stepping into the next thing and the next thing, and the next thing. Um, I like. I call it making your puzzle pieces. Like every day, just making your puzzle pieces. Like you have like this podcast, or this course, or this blog post, or this idea. Like always creating, creating, creating. Because at the at at heart, you're creative. To be human is to be creative, to create, and you can always take your puzzle pieces and move them around in a way that works for you. There's no, okay, you did it. You're good. This is, you know, you set this up and you're done. It's like, no, you always have to be moving things around in order for it to continue working. Um, whether it's a lesson that you learned from a bad experience and you're able to apply it in your business in a way that is helpful or a product that you made that maybe you know, needs to, like, it's not working for you anymore. And maybe you need to evolve it, or retire it, and or tweak it or move it or 
raise the price or add it to another product as a bonus. It's like, I, I feel like there's nothing, I've never done anything where it was a complete waste of time. It's like everything always ends up being an asset in one way or another. And I was talking to my sister today about this because um, I tell the story of how I worked in this cafe. It was a family business. I was making like no money. And it was a really terrible use of my time. And it was it took years of my life. But at the same time, I have used that story in my business to make money, basically, because it's part of my story that attracts people. Like everyone can relate to my story of I lived the same year twice. I was working in a cafe making bread for the millionth time. And I had this epiphany that, oh, oh my gosh, I just lived the same year twice. I have been doing the same things every day for the last two years. Nothing is different. Nothing is better, even though I worked harder and I'm so tired and I want to change my life. It's like that story has been huge in my business. So even that time where I was, quote unquote, wasting time in a venture that needed to be demolished, (laughs) um, it still ended up adding value to my next steps and you know to this day so I've had this attitude toward it where I don't really feel like oh my goodness this needs to you know this is not the right thing and this is the wrong thing or I I don't really feel feel like that feel that way I just every day I do something to always be doing something new to always be making more puzzle pieces to always be moving things around so that it works better for the season of life that I'm in. I hope that makes sense. Joan is asking what were the top three biggest mindset shifts and or behavior shifts you made when you, when you went from starting selling printables online to when you experienced your first five bigger month or launch. So five figures is one, two, three, four, five. Okay, so my first five-figure month was when I launched the first version of Passive Income with Printables. And there were there were a lot of mindset shifts in that. The first one was um, putting myself in a position where I could not not do it. So I've told this story in other places, but basically to create this course, I made a deal with my mastermind buddy that if I did not make this course, I would owe her a hundred dollars. And so that was the reason I made the course because I did not want to pay a hundred dollars for not doing it. So I guess the mindset shift there was put yourself in a position where you're not going to, to not do it. <laughs> Um, so there's so like, there's so many things that we are taking months or years to do, and they can actually be done this weekend or today. That thing, that goal that you're, the mindset shift was, oh my goodness, a goal that could have taken all year can actually take a month, a goal that could have taken all month can actually get done today. 
So that's a huge mindset shift because we're always giving ourselves more time than we actually need to do what we need to do. A second mindset shift was after I launched it um, and I made $10,000, the mindset shift was in the math, the math of how few people you actually need in order to make a lot of money. And this reminds me of a call I had with my cousin. My cousin had a coaching call with me where she told me that she wanted to make $20,000 this year. And I said, okay, how do you want to do that? And she said, I want to make a course. Okay, how much do you want to sell your course for? I'm thinking $200. Okay, you only need to sell 100. That's that's what I told her. You only need to sell 100 courses at the price point of $200 to make $20,000. And she was like, what? What? No, that's not right. We had to like whip out the calculator and be like, okay, 200 multiplied by 100 is 20,000. So often we do not do the math. We have these big numbers that we are just allowing to overwhelm us. And the focus is you're not trying to make $20,000. You're trying to help 200 people. Don't focus on the 20,000. Focus on the 200. For my $10,000 launch, I sold the course for $97. I sold it to 100 people. That equaled $10,000. And when I tell people that story, they're like, wait, 100 people? 100? To make 10,000? What? It's like we never do the math to see how many do you even need to sell? And when you focus on that number, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm not trying, I'm not focusing on 10,000. I'm focusing on 100. And even then, you're not focusing on, you know, you're like, the focus really is helping 100 people. And for my cousin, it was helping 200 people. Like, you can help 200 people over the course of the year. Totally. Totally. You can help 200 people. You can find 200 people who you can help enough to where they're like, yeah, I'll buy your course. You can give enough value through whatever platform you want, whether it's YouTube or podcast or whatever, to where 200 people will raise their hand and say, I'm ready for the next step. And there's your $20,000. That's it. So that was a huge mindset shift. The third mindset shift, I think, um, after having the launch, I realized that it wasn't even the money that made me feel ecstatic. It was realizing, oh my gosh, I had the power to do this and I did it. And it was like a breakthrough in self-trust, a new level of self-trust where it's like, if I have the power to do something, I can actually do it instead of having all of this potential and not using it. And this is something I still, like I use this, breakthrough, this mindset breakthrough every single day. Like I have the power to do it. I do it. I have the power to do it. I do it. It's not, I have the power to do it. Let me think about it. Let me doubt myself. Let me second guess myself. Let me take forever. It's like, no, I have the power to do it. I do it. I have the power to make this podcast. I make the podcast. I have the power to 
make a video. I make the video. I have the power to film a film a module for the course. I do it. It's like it's not about anything else. It's just about do you have the power to do it? That's it. And so those are the three mindset shifts that were pivotal in break helping me get to you know the five figure month. Pam is asking, I am totally in the time management these days. So I was wondering how many hours per day do you work in general and how do you and do you have some days off in the week? I work well today I well I have this practice of do one thing every day for your business. So it's not even about the time, it's about the one thing. And I have a practice around, especially now because I'm the uh, I'm the sole income earner. I uh, my husband's been retired for I think two years, and I do not have the luxury of pretending to work on my business. Like my business has to make money, otherwise bills don't get paid. And so I have a practice around doing one thing a day that is directly tied to generating revenue, and I just have been practicing that so often that it's just, I don't even, it's not even like something I have to remember to do. I just do it. And so that's really powerful. And you'll find that the more you focus on your zone of genius, revenue generating activities, the less time you actually need to spend in your business. So I'm able to run this business in a very, um, short amount of time in terms of the time I spend at my desk. So I have a newborn and he takes about three naps a day. And usually in the first nap of the morning, that's when I get my important stuff done. It's like, that's like my business activities for the day are done in that first nap time. And then for the second and third naps, it would be like, well, yeah, let me finish this off. Let me complete this task. Let me like, just kind of like busy work, kind of like stuff that I just have on my to-do list that need to get done at some point. So let me just get it done. But the most important stuff gets done first thing in the morning in its first nap. And I would say that I don't even need to do anything else. I just choose to do other stuff on top of that because I like to work on my business. I actually would work on it all day if I could, but I um, keep it to the nap times. Um, I do not really take days off because I have such an ingrained habit where I always do at least one thing in my business. And this is something I want to change. I want to turn off my brain. <laughs> um, so it's, even though I love working on my business, I want to grow other parts of myself. I want to be able to go all day and not do anything for my business and not feel like, oh my gosh, I need to do something. <laughs> I want to be able to read a fiction book again. I want to be able to take a sabbatical. I want to have one or two days a week where I do absolutely nothing business related. Um, even though I feel like I'm perfectly fine. I rarely 
work anyway. So what's the big deal? It's still something where I know that this is the next level of self growth for me. Um, because I'm at a point where there's absolutely no reason I can't take a sabbatical or take a couple days off a week. There's no reason for that. It's just, I'm so in the habit and the mindset and I need to evolve that. I need to get to the next, the next version of myself. Um, so those are my answers to your questions. It's amazing that this only took 30 minutes and we will do this again. I hope this helped.